Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Well, today you've probably heard of self-sabotage, but I wanted to talk about it in a more energetic way. How do we ruin things in our lives to make them fit a vibe we're actually more comfortable being on? You know, I always say we don't do what's good for us. We do what's normal for us. So it's kind of like that. Now I'm going to tell you, this is a little warning. Your ego is not going to like this episode. We are going to punch the crap out of your ego today. (laughs) Hey, Scott, are you ready for that? I'm not ready. I know. I'm never ready. I have to get my hey guys in first. Oh, yeah, sorry. Hey guys, I'm not ready. (laughs) So how did you come up with this topic that seems so wonderful for all of us? (laughs) All right. Well, you know, things haunt me. Things, you know, I don't know. Sometimes things just haunt me. And okay. this is one of the things that it's always haunted me. Um, I was 23, two, three. Okay. 23. And I, my first teaching placement was in a very underprivileged school in Buffalo. And walking into that was like walking into a different land. It really was, you know, just versus how I was raised and where I went to school. And then I got put in a very underprivileged school to teach at. So um, my supervising teacher gave me like the rundown, you know, and it was like, hey, you know, and I was like, where am I (laughs) like that? Like, (laughs) what? Like, how bad could it be? You know, and because I'm like this, listen, I'm 23. I'm I'm me, but like even meeker than I am now. You know what I mean? And I'm walking into this high school to go teach these kids Spanish. And um, so he's giving me the rundown and I came in with my lesson all set up to teach. And I had all these teaching manipulatives, which are just, I was going to play a game and everybody got, you know, a little piece of something and I had laminated it and colored it. And they were so nice. This is when you were wearing your inauthentic yellow. Oh, I was totally, yeah. <laughs> I think I'd still do that now oh, okay. though. Honestly, if I was teaching, cause I was, I loved my games. It was a game. So I was like, Oh, I have my manip, my teaching, my teaching manipulatives and I'm all ready to go in. And I come in that day and I'm all like chipper. And I'm like, here I am. And my supervising teacher's like, they're going to ruin those. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because, you know, I needed them for a bunch of classes yeah, that you day. Yeah, do it a couple times. Yeah, it's not like the movies. All right, right. sidebar. Teaching is not like the movies. Right? Yeah. Where you do it one time. Yeah, yeah, you have to do it like like five times. Right. So I needed that for the whole day. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, they're not going to ruin it. They're laminated. I laminated them. He's like, they're going to be ruined. And I'm like, okay. So I did my lesson and I collect all my stuff. They're ruined. Cut up with scissors. I don't even know, like the torn, chewed on, I mean, missing, colored on, pens. This is all from the first class? The first class. The first class. Yeah. They like, them all. Like a couple, uh, not all of them, but like but, I, yeah. like 80% of my, I got them back and I was like, I can't use these again. Right. Like some kids wrote like swear words on them and <laughs> oh stuff, God. you know? And, okay. and I'm like, oh, what the heck? And I mean, this was for me, like, why'd they ruin my stuff? You know, yeah. like what the heck, man? And then. My supervising teacher, you know, he's like, look, and he had, um, you know, his coloring supplies and they were just nubs. And he's like, I don't replenish these, you know, cause they ruin them. Anything we give them, they ruin the kids. And he was saying, and you know what, no matter what relationship you feel like you have with the kid, don't leave your wallet out because they will take it. I mean, this was a rundown. I mean, maybe this is uncomfortable to tear. And I get that, but this is a true rundown I got going into this school. This is how people prepared me for it. And I was like, 
okay. And I just thought about it. And I said to him, like, I want to say a couple days later after getting to know the kids better and seeing the situations they were all in, I told him, I'm like, you know what? I feel like they ruin these things because that's how they feel inside. And they're just trying to make it match that. Because the whole school was set up so, everything was just so sad. Did, was, did, did he understand that? He was like, whoa. Yeah. He's like, you're right. Okay. He's like, I, he's like, that's true. Because the whole system was set up for what's the point, man? You know, like that. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Uh, yeah. it, there was no hope there. It, there was poverty. There was horrific things. The kids, they were coming to school hungry. They were coming to school in the same clothes every day. They were co- There was so much going on. There was so much against them. And, you know, here's your new crayons. It's like, I, I, why did they just destroy them? And I feel like it was just very, rep- it was like a representational or symbolic of, I need to ruin this so it matches me. And it that haunts me. That oh, haunts yeah. me. And then I don't, whenever that happens, I don't like to be all like, oh, you know, me versus them. You know, this is their experience. We're all in, a, how we do one thing, we do everything. We're all the same. Okay, so I don't like to separate myself. So I'm like, how am I doing that in my life? How am I ruining things in my life to make them match a vibe I'm more comfortable comfortable on? I'm not saying I'm like those kids because they have a whole other set of circumstances they were dealing with that I never had to deal with. But but we're all doing it. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Well, yeah, okay. That, well, that is actually very interesting. I mean, I taught as well in interesting school and I never thought of it like that till actually you just said it mm-hmm. that it kind of they're ruining because the, they did the same thing i can go into it maybe we'll take a little break first and i'll go into it but they're they're what you're basically saying is that they're ruining these material items to kind of match what's going on in inside they don't even know they're doing it but yeah is that what you're yeah saying, i never thought of it that way and we're all doing it and we're all doing this it. society crushes us and it's, yeah. it makes it that makes sense that makes total sense society wants us to stay in a box it wants you to stay in a class system it wants you to stay in a mentality. It wants you to stay in a socioeconomic bracket. Right. It wants you to stay the same because yeah. it is 3D ego-based society. And it's easy to look at an institution like a school, you know, and especially like an underprivileged inner city situation. And it, you can, oh, because that's like a, a concentrated context. You can really look at it like, whoa, like there is a, to- you're walking into a concentrated vibe there. Yeah. And uh, especially if you're me and I, you know, growing up completely different, it's like, oh my gosh, okay. You know, I feel the difference. I feel the difference. But where else is this happening to us? It's happening to us everywhere. You know, not the same, but overall, you know what I mean? Like the overall theme is everywhere in your life. Where's it ha- Where is it happening? Right. Where are you ruining things to make it match what you feel you are worth inside? Super subconscious. Wow. So it's like self-sabotage yeah. 2.0. Like w- not just self-sabotage, like energetically thinking about it. Yeah. So it haunts me. So I wanted to talk about no, it. No, that's a, that's that's fascinating. And, you know, I'll, I will tell let – me, let's do the two ads. And okay. then let me – I want to tell – I don't know. Let's talk about my first year teaching, which was kind of similar. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, I feel like I'm at my best when I'm authentic about how I'm feeling, good or bad, every day. 
And when you're at your best, you can do really great things, but sometimes life, it just gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to, but working with the therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel that empowerment, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. It's really been beneficial to me to work with my BetterHelp therapist because I can be honest and authentic about my feelings and not feel judged and and I can feel heard. And it's just like that objective professional listener that I need. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp I mean, it's a great option. It's convenient and flexible. It's affordable. It's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge, which happens. You know, and it's not awkward or uncomfortable. They make it very easy for you. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy, it can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com dot com slash kya today to get ten percent off your first month. That's better help h e l p dot com slash kya. Hey Scotty. Hey guys. And you know I I've been noticing that that we have way too many cable subscriptions. I mean I I clicked on something to watch yeah. something the other day. It was still working. Are we paying yeah. for no, this? It's totally ridiculous. We have I don't even know how many subscriptions for all these weird channels. Yeah. We never watch them. I just want to get rid of them all. That we got, we got music subscriptions, cable subscriptions, everything. Everything's a subscription these days. It's, it's hard it's to crazy. to cancel them because yeah. like all the information's all over the place. And they forget and all that stuff. Well, Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Sounds good. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought to watch just that one show on. I've done that many times. (laughs) Or that free trial you thought you never even used and you didn't even know you had. Didn't even know you had it. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. You simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel. And Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. So stop throwing that money away, Scott. Stop it. (laughs) We're going to cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash K-Y-A. That's rocketmoney.com slash K-Y-A. Rocketmoney.com slash K-Y-A. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. So you had a really interesting first year teaching. Yes. Tell us about that. Okay, so I was really thrown into it because I never really wanted to be a teacher. Uh, I went to college and I got my master's in history. I had no teaching anything. And I was basically unemployed after I had my master's. I was working at Domino's Pizza until I decided to quit that, which people know already. But so my my dad and my my cousin worked in uh, East Brooklyn, and, uh, you know, which is a, it was a rough area. Uh, and they got me a job teaching at that school. So at that time I had no teaching experience, none whatsoever. Right. But if you, the school was so high needs that if you taught there, I think it was either six months or for a year, 
that got you through a lot of the requirements that you needed to teach in New York State at, that, at that time. I don't know what it is today. But uh, so all I had to do was teach there for six months, make it through that. And that would like get my student teaching out of the way, get like all these hurdles that you had to get through out of the way. Right. But a lot of people don't do that. No, most people do it. Like what you were doing where right. you went to, you know, you did your student you teaching. Student teaching. And, right. And then after that, you get the job. But mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I did my, my brain didn't work right at that time. And but I got it, a master's in history. I, I think it made sense for you because your your dad yeah. worked down there anyways. Yeah, and, my dad. And your cousin. cousin so yeah. it worked out. All right. Yeah. So you're in this school. Yeah. So And why did you, so today, you know, I was talking about my situation, you know, looking at this institution where it's like a totally different vibe and you know, like the plight of the kids, you know, kind of like symbolically representing itself out there. Like, how did, how did that remind you of this? Yeah. Well, it it was very similar in way they like treated items in the school. That's what made me think of it yeah, okay. right off the bat. I mean, again, let me just preface, this is a middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a teacher. They hired me to teach science <laughs> so, <laughs> as well, which I didn't know anything. I still don't know anything about science, but yeah, you know, you got into, they just threw you in the classroom. Mm-hmm. No supplies. There, there, there There's was, nothing, There was right? nothing. But they had brand new Mac computers in the okay. back. Beautiful brand new computers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've taught in other schools that did not have computers this nice. Uh, I think there was like four or five of them. I would, I would say within a couple of days, all the keys on the keyboards were missing or yeah. thrown around the room. Like, you know, they, they would... I didn't know those pieces come off. They come off. Yeah, they they do. Them off, and yeah. they were throwing them at each other and hitting each other with them, and all that stuff. And you know, I was I was trying to teach, at, you know, while this was going on. But basically, the the run rule that the vice principal would tell you is just keep them in the room. Like they didn't even care. Like if if you were That's so teaching sad. the lesson, it was just yeah. remember they put me in science. So. No, but I, just to set that up, just so people yeah. understand, because a lot of people don't have experience in on these underprivileged, like high need schools. Yeah, a lot of people don't. Yeah. And the thing is, is like these kids come in and they're not expecting. You know, it's kind of like a lie. Yeah. It's like you're putting me in school, but my life's going to be exactly the same. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the feeling, right? Like you put me here and you're teaching me these things, and like for what? Like you know, it's kind of like they understand where they're stuck in this world. (laughs) So I didn't, and I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. I know that now. And especially after you you said that in the beginning today, I even know that better now, but I didn't know that then. Yeah. But just to understand, like, you know, this isn't just your classroom because you're first your teacher with bad, you have bad classroom management or something, Scott. It's like, no, like this was, no, I was was actually considered like an all-star teacher there. (laughs) It's it's so funny because in fact, when they would have like people come into the school, like to check it out, to make sure things were going right, they'd bring them to my classroom. Right. And I had, I'm going to be honest, I had no idea what I was well, doing. Well, you kept them in the room. Yeah. I, I was doing my best. You know, I was trying to teach them science, middle school science. But that's sad about the yeah. computers. Yeah. And I'll tell you, one day I was, <laughs> this was funny. I, was, I mean, not funny, it's sad, but one day I was actually teaching. I actually had everything teaching. I was like into it and like we're going, maybe we're doing like velocity. Who the heck knows what <laughs> yeah. we're doing? But all of a sudden, I get a knock on the door because I, I have to lock the door. And I open the door, and the person starts screaming and yelling at me. And I'm like, what? What What? what happened? Things are going so good, right? One of the kids took one of those beautiful new Macintosh computers, the Apples, and threw it out the window. Oh, my God. We were, we were, I think we are on the third or fourth floor. Oh, my God. The you computer. Yeah. No, the, the reason why the person came up is because he said the computer landed like within a few inches of his head. 
Oh, the kid just. I and here's the thing. God. I was so into you the teaching. Know. I did not know. Well, they're probably like you know these kids. You know, probably yeah. good at it. Yeah. Just, like now sneaky. you would think like if someone <laughs> did that, like something would happen. No, nothing happened. Nothing happened to anybody. No, nothing happened to the you, kid. You, him, the kid. Yeah, I think nothing. he went to the vice principal, and then like ten minutes later, he's back in the classroom. Because what are you going to do? What are you yeah. going to do? Oh wow! But you know that that one really kind of hit home with your thing with right. The, the well, running, it's but... like it's like my life is there. Yeah, it's hard. And like I said, we all do this. So I'm not like picking on these kids. I'm just no. saying like it's an easier way to see it. Yeah. It's harder to see it in other places. It's actually so sadly obvious. In these contexts, it's like a it's an easier example for me to pull. That's why I'm bringing this up today. Yeah, but like, but and we're gonna I'm gonna talk about the more subtle ways we all do it in our own lives. But yeah, you know, and just like coming in, it's like, hey, you don't have textbooks, you no. don't have paper, nope. You know, God knows what's happening at home. You're there's like a generational just ancestral trauma living with the in, in within these children. They don't have words for that. And then there's like computers looking at me it's like that doesn't match my vibe at all like it's almost like offensive to me how much it doesn't match my vibe i'm throwing it out the window so i think it's just like what are we throwing out the window yeah you know but didn't you take them on you actually liked it there though i I want to tell you something you liked it i remember you were very happy yeah i loved it there i mean i I did love the kids i mean the kids were tough i mean i was called all sorts of names (laughs) i I, I think out of love i don't know you know i was cursed out a few times you know, the, oh <laughs> the, best, the one time, and I think the kid actually raised his hand. The kid raised his hand. I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for my science question. And maybe this is a science question. And he goes, you're a hermaphrodite. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I didn't even know what it was. I, I still kind of don't know what it is. <laughs> it sounds bad. So I was like, all right, I got to go tell the assistant principal. And that was the thing. Like you just tell the assistant principal. That was it. There was yeah. no, you don't write somebody up. There's no, no paperwork. Was, there was so many times, <laughs> so many times that it just, you told the assistant principal, they take them for 10 minutes and they bring them back to your room. That was it. That was it. But th- for this kid, the, the, the mom came up and I, I never witnessed this either. And you know, she's like, she's like, well, what, what happened? What did, and I had to say it in front of the mom. I, I kind of figured out what it was. I'm like, well, your son called me a hermaphrodite. And she's like, oh, you know, what is that? You know, she didn't know what it was either. And then I had to explain it. Like, can you imagine that? Like, (laughs) in front of her and the kid. And all of a sudden, I'll never forget it. She takes her hand and she winds up and she goes, was that something Jesus would say? And smacked him across the face. Oh, my God. Kid was great after that. She was really good. <laughs> he never bothered. Oh my god! But I never seen that before. You know, to, about, you know, we did parenting last week. But, oh, yeah. oh my god! I it just and it wasn't a light oh, slap really? across the face. This was a whoosh, like yeah. Mike Tyson hitting you. Wow! It was crazy. So I, I don't think he'll be using that word again. Yeah. Without feeling without, that on his face. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there were there was stuff like that. I mean, I, yes, I I don't know how I got. You out. always had a story. You yeah, always I took had him on a story. field trip. I mean, I don't How'd know why they made approval? me do these things. How'd you get approval for a field trip? <laughs> no, no one, no one even went on field trips. It was like you couldn't because they were the kids were wild, and yeah. they trusted me to take. I think it was like twenty something kids. That's nuts. To the botanical gardens in Brooklyn because, on the, on the on the train system. Yeah, they gave me. This is the funniest part. They gave me a, a chaperone, like a assistant. You should have had like at least four for that. Yeah, at least. I actually took my sister. You like made for her help. Come. Yeah. <laughs> and they did give me they did give me a helper. It's so funny. I didn't lose one kid on that trip. The only person I lost was the helper. The helper and lost I'm like, you? Yeah. 
it just did, yeah did he come back at the end he came back at the end i'm like where were you all day where you know was- like after all these crazy things were happening the kids were like jumping in the fountains you know they were stealing the chain you know like people make wishes they were taking their change out of the fountains you know they were picking the plants i mean the the botanical gardens they were picking flowers at the it was awesome you know it was horrible like put that back you know take the change i'm trying to keep people's wishes alive and throw the change back in and then this guy who they gave me to help he shows up like right when we pulled back up to the school right when we like i have everyone like i'm like where were you all day He's like, I don't know. He just went off for the that's day. That's so annoying. Yeah, he just went off. And that's the people yeah. that these kids yeah. get. Yeah. You know what, what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's probably still there. That, that's who they get. Yeah. Like, that's who, and that's the whole thing. Like, that's what they're used to. Yeah. So if somebody cares, it's like, well, this doesn't make sense to me. Right. I better right. make because, you not care because that's what makes sense to me. It, because the teachers didn't care. Yeah. No, you know, nobody cares. So when somebody nobody comes in and cares, them. it's like, ew. I, I And they might not have words for it because they're kids. Yeah. So they're like, oh, they didn't know. You know, but where do we do that in our own relationships? Yeah. You know, how many times have I read somebody who is dating the wrong person because they're used to being treated like crap? Yeah. You know, and so they're like, until you treat me like crap, I do not know how to love you <laughs> like that. Yeah. So it's just all these ways it can happen. But that's that. I, I remember you that trip. You had the best time on that I, trip. I did. I, I actually loved working there. I mean, there was, I did eventually leave. I actually got you caught. Put, it was yeah. a budget cut. But there was, you know, the other problem I did have there, and this is maybe this is a little bit off topic, but there was a kid who couldn't read, you that's know. Sad. And he wanted to learn how to read. Aww. And he had no one there to go to. Oh, my God. Um, so he went to me. And Aww. You never told me this. I never told you this? Nope. Oh. And, hold on a second. <laughs> so I, I would try to teach him. But yeah. I remember, I wasn't a teacher. I never yeah. had any teaching skills. I couldn't teach a kid how to read. Yeah. I could, you know, I could barely do things myself at you that age. You didn't even teach our kids how to read. <laughs> yeah. I, I still yeah. can't. I still, I'm a, right. You know, I'm a history teacher. You know, I'm... Now, now maybe I could. I don't know if I still. No, it's I, hard. I probably no, still, Scott, it's hard. You can't blame yourself. It's hard because. So he, we would stay. I would stay after school every day. Um, I had to wait for my dad anyway. You okay, so never I'm not like, like, told me this. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm. It's okay. Do you want me to pause it? So uh, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Do you want me to pause it? Yeah. Okay, we're back. Okay. You've gathered yourself. Yeah. For okay. Like Twenty seconds. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I would try to teach him after school every day how to read. Okay. Till you know, till my dad came, he picked me up because we'd carpool. But I, can't, I felt like a failure. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I didn't know how to do it. Well, yeah. And I kept telling my dad, I you know, because he was he he was in special ed. He taught. Yeah, he ed. was good at that. And I kept telling him, you know, I I, I can't do it. I can't help this kid. I'm trying, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I I'm not getting anywhere. A little bit maybe. And he he basically told me like, there that's it. It's either you or or nobody. There, wow. there was nothing. To do. Yeah, you know, that's he real. Wasn't, you yeah. know, he wasn't in that special ed program. He was a normal, like, he just was a normal kid. Who just he, never, he never learned, learned how to read. Building. No, right. just never learned how to read. And he wanted to learn how to read. That's so Because most of the kids there, like you said, they were ruining it for themselves. Right. They didn't know any better. And right. They, and that's not their fault. No. But him, he realized it. Yeah. And wanted to better himself, but couldn't. There's no resources for him. Yeah. So. What happened? No, I, I, I don't know. Eventually, I mean, I helped him as much as I could, but I felt like I felt like I failed. Well, the system failed that kid, you know, but that's not your fault. And you must have helped him a little. At least, you know what? You showed him that you gave a crap. You know, you showed him that you cared. 
And that's that's really nice. Yeah. You showed him that you cared. True. You know, you can't make these things. There's nothing I can say that makes that this whole situation better. You yeah. know, there's nothing. So I'm not going to try. I, well, I, yeah. But all right. I mean, I mean, I guess I did the best I could. I don't know. Yeah, you never told me that. So that's like, yeah. and you were also 20, yeah, what? 20, 24, 25, yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah, I mean, somewhere around there. It was my first, it was my first year. And then right. I did go back, but then I became, after, then 9-11 hit and I, they had to cut the budget after 9-11. <laughs> so things got even worse so, for those yeah. kids. Yeah. So after, I think I worked through like around there the first month of school and then, or two, and then they had to, I had to quit and then. Yeah. Oh, not quit, but I had to no, they let, let go. go. And right. I was hoping to get back. They kept saying, oh, we're going to call you back. We're going to call you back. Yeah. But then in the interim, can you another even, school found me. Can you imagine mm-hmm. even less money? You know what I mean? <laughs> even less money for that school. <laughs> like, isn't that terrible? Yeah. I mean, because I was, yeah. But all right, let's do two oh. ads and then self-sabotage. Having children has made me think a lot about protecting my family's future with insurance. And if you need a New Year's resolution idea, I have a suggestion. Stop putting it off and finally get life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life is the easy all-online solution you've been waiting for. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric's new lower prices could mean potentially significant savings over other providers with great quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. It takes less than 10 minutes to apply, see your quote, and then personalize your quote to fit your family's needs. You could be offered coverage instantly with no health exam required. Fabric has partnered with Gerber Life, trusted by millions of families like yours, for over 50 years. With over 1,600 five-star reviews on TrustPilot.com, you can feel confident that you're getting a high-quality policy that is perfect for your family. Fabric has a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can cancel at any time. Fabric was specifically designed to give parents like you affordable life term insurance plus wills, access to college savings funds, and more tools to help protect your family's financial future, all in an easy online experience. Protect your family today with Fabric by Gerber Life. Apply in just 10 minutes at meetfabric.com slash KYA. That's meetfabric.com slash KYA. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash KYA policies issued by Western Southern life assurance company, not available in certain States prices subject to underwriting and health questions. For a lot of us, the start of the new year feels like the right time to schedule doctor's appointments and check in with where you're at health wise. But what about your reproductive health? That's why modern fertility was created It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within six business days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels like your ovarian reserve, aka if you have more or fewer eggs than average for your age, and other important factors that can impact your fertility. The results go deep into what every hormone means and you can also download the results to review 
with your doctor for next steps. Traditional hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost over $600, but modern fertility tests the same general set of hormones for only $179. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA, you can get $20 off your test. Plus, you can get reimbursed for the test through your FSA or HSA. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make the decision that's right for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA. That means your test will cost $159, which is a fraction of what it would cost at a fertility clinic. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA. Modernfertility.com slash KYA. Something I've been thinking a lot about is how we ruin things to make them fit our vibe. All right. So we all have a vibration. It's a frequency. It's something you can feel on people. Okay. Some people have a really high vibe. It's contagious. You get excited about things. You're inspired. You're like, yeah, let's do it. Some people have a really low vibe and you can feel that too. It just feels different from you. I always think of sadness from Inside Out, that Pixar movie. Some people have that vibe. You know, some people have the joy vibe. Some people have an angry vibe. Like whatever their vibe is, you can sense that on people immediately because it's kind of like their energetic output, their signature. And you have one too. And it placeholds us. Your vibration your energy frequency, your signature, whatever you want to call it, it placeholds you into a state of consciousness where you feel the most comfortable in. And this relates to everything because wherever that vibration is at is the place where you receive things, not below it or above it. It has to fit with your vibe. It's a very subconscious thing. So we're trying to get consciously aware of it today because when I talk about ruining things, What I really mean is if things come to you that are at a higher vibe than you're currently at, you may want to get rid of them or ruin them or demolish them a bit to fit where you're at. Kind of like, I don't know, whittling down something so it can fit in a smaller hole. And we don't want to do that. We would, it's better to like level up your vibe to meet the better thing instead of ruin the better thing to fit where your vibe's at. Now, it has nothing to do with what you like or don't like. It's simply about where you're most comfortable. So you can ruin a lot of things in your life that you actually want. It's just that you don't know how to deal with them. So I've told this story on here before, but I don't know. It's just, it's worth telling again. Um, when, you know, growing up, I said this a lot. We didn't always, we did not have a lot of money and my parents didn't really own homes or anything. So homeowning for me was a real big deal. And this is super subconscious, but when Scott and I, my husband and I were looking for houses, I was like, oh no, no, no. And and I didn't know what my problem was. I was feeling stressed about house hunting. I was feeling 
anxious. I thought, this is too much house for me. How am I going to furnish it? How am I going to afford to clean it? How am I going to afford this? What am I going to do with that? This is a burden. This is making me stressed out. And then it must have been spirit. This is a long time ago. Um, but I got this like download. It's like 11 years ago. since when we bought our house. I got this download and it was like, well, you don't feel worthy of having a house. And I was like, whoa, I don't. <laughs> That's really what it was about because I wasn't used to having one. So my ego, the part of me that wants to keep me the same, and you all have that too, was like, no, we can't do that because it's different. So I wanted a home. I wanted a yard for my kid. I wanted not to worry about landlords kicking me out of my house like it happened my whole life. I, I wanted that, but the discomfort in me because it was on a different vibration than where I was you know, comfortable with surviving at, they were, there was a discrepancy between them. There was a difference. And I had to see that to jump into it. And there's so many ways I do this in my life now. And, and I guess the purpose of today is like, where are you ruining something to make it fit your vibe instead of breaking down that ego wall and leveling up yourself to fit the, the newer things that are higher frequency. Um, okay. So like I said, it has nothing to do with you like what you like or what you don't like. It's simply about where you're comfortable. And this is where we can get stuck. We can, you know, complain about things, but at the end of the day, if we don't change it, our life will always match the vibration we're at. And you can say, I want this, I want love, I want money, I want financial security, I want health, I want that, 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 that. And it's like, okay, but you have to move your vibe in order to get it because those opportunities can come to you and you can just like I was doing in my example, you can convince yourself like, well, no, actually I don't want those things because, and it's a very convincing argument. Um, because honestly, we're all about patterns and this is ego stuff, patterns of relationships, communications, money, giving, receiving, love, drama, stress, expectations. We're, you, you have a pattern. If you want something different, you have to change the pattern. And like I always say, we do what's normal for us, not what is good for us. And that's because you are used to being where your vibration is at. And if you change it, even if it's for the better, it's going to cause major discomfort. I mean, here's the deal. You're probably really good living on your vibration. And if you were raised and programmed in a certain way and there's trauma or there was a way of being that's not preferable to you now in, in any aspect of your life, you're probably good at surviving that vibe, even though it's lower and opening yourself up to a different vibe, one that's higher, one that's more aligned to what you feel like you want in your heart, what your soul wants. It's going to feel really weird for a while. And that's because our egos, which is the human part of us, it's a package deal. You're in this earth body. Here you are. And guess what you get? An ego. All right. And that's the human part of us. I talk about this all the time. It doesn't like change. It hates change. Why? Because change means death. We're no different than our cave people ancestors where moving from one cave to the next meant death. And now your body, your ego can't differentiate between you homeowning or living in an apartment as death or not. 
or taking that new job or dating a different sort of person or getting serious about financial planning or like whatever it is, like your ego will keep you on the same pattern because that is where it feels like you're safe. Your ego doesn't care if there's good change or bad change. All change is bad. So it will convince you that you prefer things the way they are. And it'll convince you with a lot of logic that this is the way they need to stay. Therefore, I notice in many of us, and obviously myself included, I mean, I find this stuff in myself every day because this is a never-ending journey. Um, We can ruin things to make them fit the vibe where we are at. It can be way more comfortable than leveling up our vibe to accommodate new things that could be better for us long-term. I had a client recently, and I mean, she had a really tough relationship with her father. Uh, She was an adult now, but her father growing up was just always emotionally unavailable, and it was work to get any sort of love or attention from him. In fact, in order to feel like she was getting any love or attention from him growing up, she had to jump into him energetically with her, I think she was like a blue or an indigo aura, in order to do that, meaning totally ignore his actions and his words and his outward vibe and dive into his like broken inner child to find that person who is authentic. And and she could do that. And that is a real thing she could do. It's just what happened was she learned how to love people that way, where their outside projected selves is completely different than the inside person. And there's no communication between the two of them. Fast forward now to her marriage, which had just fallen apart, and she realized that she had basically married a guy just like her dad. Why? Because she was good at it. She was good at knowing love that way. And now as she was reflecting on her life and her time and her choices, she was thinking about all the men who weren't like her dad at all, the ones who came in and wanted to be emotional with her and, and the ones who, whose inside vibes aligned with their outside vibes and a more cohesive you know, person. And she thought about all that and, and, and she was upset because she sees now that she wasn't on a vibe that she was comfortable with functioning with these, with these partners, with these men. So she would always ruin the relationships by convincing herself that they were needy or she was just like, Oh, it's gross. Like she didn't find that attractive. Like she associated the, uh, this is how the ego is really tricky. Cause it'll also for her. And I bet this happens to a lot of us. Um, it associated the qualities of her dad. I mean, I guess this is, I don't mean this to be gross. I don't know. I'll just keep going. Uh, associate those qualities with her dad is that's what love is. And that's what's attractive to me on men. Like if I have to work for it, that's love. And therefore, that's how I feel it. Um, so her ego, you know, that's how the ego works. It's real tricky. And that's how she knew love and attention in that way. And that's how it felt. And her ego was like, and that's what you find attractive. Not an available man who wants to align his... <laughs> his actions to his intentions, you know, that's not sexy. So, you know, it, and, and so she's in the middle of this now. And with all that reflection, it was really scary for her to think about relationships again for the future because she knows she has to go to a place that she's seriously uncomfortable to get the thing that she really does want, which is unconditional mutual love where the inside person matches the outside person. But listen, for a while, that's going to be hard because you're not probably 
you're going to think like, oh, these people aren't attractive to me. That is something that you're going to have to like, that she's going to have to move through and deal with and work with. And it's going to take some time because it's really about changing up your pattern and dealing with the ego that has convinced you certain things. And it's a process for her. But I think a lot of us can relate to this. How does the way we were programmed affect what we do or don't accept into our lives? We can want something the way this woman wanted love, but ruin it to make it look like the love that we know, not the love that we want. And where are we doing this? Because your ego is so sneaky. It does it all the time. I see this in so many places. If you weren't raised with a lot of money, you might not feel worthy of getting it. So you can either waste it the second it comes into your pocket, it's gone, or you can push it away from you by rejecting opportunities for more money or investments or wise decisions. If you don't know how to receive something because you weren't given things growing up, you can be the hardest person in the world to buy a gift for or receive attention from others at all. And then you can keep working subconsciously to keep that narrative happening for you, ruining opportunities for yourself where you would be receiving things. Here's here's a really happy story. I have this client and she was working for this engineering company Don't ask me what they did, okay? Because it's like green person stuff. She's yellow blue for reference. All right, so she's yellow blue and she was like the secretary of this company. Now this company, it's like this engineering company. They would, I think, have contracts with like the city to build bridges and important things like that, okay? So it was her, yellow blue her and the secretary as a secretary, kind of like the heart of the company with a bunch of green guys, a lot of green men um, working in their offices. And, you know, her job, if you understand auras, was to basically, because green people are very loner-ish. So she had to, she was organizing everything. And man, she knew the business inside and out. Okay, inside and out. She did this for so long. Well, guess what? What happened was the owner was done. And this, my client, this woman, she'd been working there so long and she knew the business inside and out so well, the owner was like, do you want to buy it? Do you want to buy the business from me? And she had this opportunity to buy it and they were going to work with her too. So, cause they wanted the business really to go, you know, like when a business is your baby, you want it, you want it to go to the right person. So even though she didn't have the money right away, they were going to work it out with her. Anywho, so it was like this perfect deal, okay? But she was freaking out. This is when I got, this is when her and I were talking. And so Spirit just told her, you know, here's the deal. Of course you can do it. You just aren't comfortable with being the head honcho. You are more comfortable in a facilitator's position in this company. And it's hard for you to be seen as a leadership vibration in the company. And you have to shift from facilitator to leader. And that's going to feel really weird because she did not feel worthy enough of being seen as owner, leader, you know, CEO. She didn't feel that. She just felt like, secretary, which is fine to be a secretary. It's an awesome thing to be. It's very something to be proud of. But for her, she really did want to do this. But what was holding her back was her feeling that she couldn't change the vibe to be seen as the head honcho here. Um, And listen, she could have ruined it for herself. 
And she was going, this is when I met her. She was going through this. She's like, oh, I don't know if I want this. It's so much responsibility. It's time away from my family, time away from the kids. Maybe I'm not a good mom if I'm, if I'm this, you know, the CEO of this company. And then, you know, she was, her ego is coming in with like, you don't want it because da, 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 like all that. But she did want it. Like deep down, she really did want it. Well, guess what? She fought all of that. She embraced it and she went to this vibe. And let me tell you, this is where it's happy. They have more than one location now. She's a CEO. She's doing great. Her family's like involved in it. She's a better mom because she's doing what she wants to do. And she's such a great role model. And now when I see her, like her vibe is like shining. Like she is just, she's good. You know, like she, she learned how to make her vibe leveled up to accommodate these things instead of ruin the opportunity because she was scared. A lot of your vibe is about where your mentality is comfortable at. You may feel comfortable as the underdog. So then it's really hard to win. Like, because you don't know how to win. You know how to lose, but you don't know how to win. Uh, You know, you may feel comfortable as the victim because you always have been and you probably were. So then it can be really hard to make a boundary with people. And all of a sudden, like, you're not the victim anymore because you stood up for yourself. You may feel comfortable as invisible, like not seen or something. So when you speak up, it can feel really uncomfortable. And you might even, hey, maybe it's better being invisible because when I speak up, everyone looks at me and pays attention and has something to say. You know, you may feel comfortable without money. So it's hard to move to a different tax bracket. Oh, you know, th- These people might look at me different. I won't fit in with society. I won't have the right shoes. I won't have the right clothes. So maybe it's just better to be without everything. So you see the mentality is what holds us back from things sometimes in a million different ways. And then it's just about getting real with yourself and being like, hey, where am I? Where am I limiting myself? Because it's really fear and it's ego fear. Our own narratives, which we are comfortable with, tend to lower our vibes too. We, you know, we can think someone doesn't love us or they're faking us, faking it when they give us praise. Okay, so this is my problem. (laughs) So for the longest time, and even today, it's something I've still battled. By the way, I don't think any of this goes away. I think you just get better at dealing with it. And I and let's just be real about that. If you're waiting for a lot of this stuff to go away so you can move forward, that's another trick of the ego because it's not going to. A lot of your programming, your trauma, your mentality, your insecurities, don't wait for them to go away. Just don't let them drive the bus. How about that? And that's what this whole thing's about. And that's what I try to do on this podcast a lot. It's like, just be self-aware and then decide what's in control. Is your soul in control or is your ego in control? You know, and the soul can be in control. So anyways, so a lot of our own narratives, which we're comfortable with, do tend to lower our vibe. So for example, for the longest time, and this still flipping happens, (laughs) um, when anybody gives me praise, I feel like they're taking pity on me. And that is my first thought every time when someone says something nice about me. I'm like, oh, they're just being nice because they feel bad for me because I'm so pathetic. Took me a long time to admit that to myself. So it's kind of sad. I know when I say it out loud and I'm not saying it so everyone's like, oh, Megan, you're great. Like, no, I'm not saying it because of that. I'm saying it because maybe you're doing the same thing too. And I have a solution for you because this is what worked for me. So 
I can't always fix it. It's a problem that I have, but now I know that it's not real. And I know that it's a function of my ego. So that helps. And then also number two, I did a workaround and the workaround was for me, spirit. So for example, in readings, if, if a reading helps somebody, which is true anyways, I say, Hey, it's not me. It's spirit. And that's true. You know, or Hey, the podcast episode really helped me today. Like spirit, I'm really trying to do the work of spirit. Thank you. It's easier for me to receive something if I see kind of like my own intentions for doing it, if that makes sense. And then I give credit to those intentions. Or like if somebody, um, the other thing is, is like when people give a workaround with praise was I don't do everything alone. Like my, my husband believes in me, my kids believe in me. So it's kind of like for them, I have to say, thank you instead of minimize myself because they've worked so hard. So you got to think of the people around you and what they do for you too. And, and sometimes changing your mentality means they can be helped too, because you changed your mentality. You know, when you change your mentality about things, there's a ripple effect. A big thing I grew up with, which I'm sure a lot of you did were body image issues from parents. And listen, they couldn't help it. You know what I mean? It's, gotten both better and probably stayed the same in the past 20 or so years. But a big thing that I've worked on for my kids is if somebody says, oh, you look nice in that dress or whatever, I say, thank you. I don't be like, oh my God, look at this part of me. Look at this part of me. Look at this. Oh, I look so gross. Like I, Because that's what I grew up with. And I refuse to do that when people say something to me and I'm doing it for my kids. So they don't hear their mom doing that. I mean, so sometimes like changing your mentality and thinking about it as your gift to the future generations and the people around you, that's another way you can think of, all right, I'm not going to ruin, I'm not going to ruin my mentality because it's contagious and there's a ripple effect. I don't know. So that's just kind of like these little workarounds I do because the ego isn't going to change. So I try to have workarounds, which help, which help counteract the ego issues. Well, anyways, the, the hidden fact for many of us is we don't really believe what the world says or people say about us unless there is a part of us which agrees with it somewhere. So if someone is saying something about you that's not nice and it's triggering you, you must believe it to be true somewhere inside of you. Um, so for example, if somebody says something to you and it's like an insecurity you have inside, you're going to be like, oh my God, that really hurt my feelings. It's like, well, what part of that do you think is true? Because it's the only reason why you get upset about it. Now, if somebody says something about, has, have you... Here's a question. Has anybody ever said something about you and it's so silly you just laugh? That's probably something that meant absolutely nothing to you. Like if somebody said to me, like, your feet are ugly, I'd be like, oh, I'd probably just like crack up, <laughs> you know, because I don't care about my feet. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like that. Um, or if somebody said to me, like, hey, you and Scott, you and your husband have a horrible relationship, I just laugh. Because that's, that's not something I'm insecure about. But if it was something I'm inse I was insecure about, I'd probably be more hurt. So that it's just something, and your ego does not want to hear this, by the way. So if this is upsetting you hearing this, just take a minute. Take a minute. Take a pause. Because it's probably your ego that's really upset about it. And when somebody says something about you and it bothered you, 
there's a part of, there's an element of truth that you have attached to it in yourself. So notice it. And that's the gift of it. You don't have to hang out with that person anymore because that's not nice that they did that. But you can thank the universe for showing you where your unhealed wound is because that needs a little TLC. Um, we don't really accept a world which doesn't agree and align with our own vibe. So if you're in a lower vibration, you'll filter through all the good stuff and only grab what aligns to your vibe. Same thing with, higher, with people who are on a higher vibe. They ignore all the low vibe stuff. It doesn't even register. It just slides right off them. And they only attach to the high vibe things. I was reading this woman. She was going through a huge spiritual awakening. And her current friendships that she's had forever were feeling like really toxic and stressful. Just a lot of gossip and backstabbing and games and just talking about things that weren't productive and didn't touch her soul and... You know, when you go through a spiritual awakening, that's what happens. You suddenly look at everyone around you and you can be very upset with the with the relationships that you have in your life currently. But honestly, you are the one who's different. You got to kind of remember that. But in any case, she was having a, a hard time making new friends because people who weren't like these other friendships, gamey and toxic, they felt boring. Oh, they're so boring. And she felt like she was being the toxic one now because she felt like in these other friend groups, she was trying to make new friends and stuff. She's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm bringing the group down or I feel like I'm bringing their vibe down. Like I'm being gossipy or I'm trying to make drama. And it was, you know, it's, it is, it's hard. It's hard to raise your vibe to switch your filters. It's hard to learn. It's one thing to notice, like, I don't want relationships like this, but I don't know how to have other kinds. And that's, that's a huge motivating factor to stay the same because You have to go relearn everything because like, let's face it. Like we do good in, in the vibes where we're most comfortable. And for a lot of us, for a long time, those were lower vibes. You know how to navigate that. You don't always know how to navigate better friendships or unconditional love or good, safe financial practices or good self care. It can feel really awkward and weird. It can feel uncomfortable and lonely and like you're on this learning curve that's not fun because it's not some like it's kind of like when you get a new phone and they're like here and they changed everything or you get the update on the phone and you're like ew like for a solid week you're like i don't know how to use this thing you feel really dumb and stuff same thing you know all of a sudden you know but staying there and finding the center inside that's the gift of being in these new spaces You, you level up you just do if you force yourself to stay there and stick with it Um, but if you're not used to doing this, you're not ready to be real about how it's going to be bad for a little while. You can self-sabotage by going back to the old ways. Like when my client was gossiping and doing more toxic things with these new friends, but she saw it, she saw it and she snapped out of it. And that's real. That's something that's amazing. She could do that. Be honest with herself about it. Like I know a lot of us have gone through similar experiences when you're just trying to get friendships and relationships that are healthier. They can feel boring at first, especially if you were raised with a lot of toxicity and drama and, and you just, I don't know, connote that with interest and fun and excitement and fulfillment. So how do we get past it? 
All right. Honestly, how do we get past it? So we don't want to ruin things <laughs> to fit our vibe. It's kind of if something doesn't fit, you ruin it to make it fit. You know, like would you if, if you ordered a new couch and it didn't fit in your door, how would you get it in? You know, would you hack it up into little pieces or something? It's kind of like that's what we do to ideas that could be good for us, but don't fit our current vibe, our current frequency. But what you can do is you can expand your frequency. You can grow your frequency. Instead of chopping the new opportunity into little pieces, you instead can grow to fit it. And that little growth is a huge deal. And that is what puts you with different people, in different contexts, with different opportunities, in different environments, and it brings you more like stuff its way. And so getting past it is just being aware of it and asking yourself deep down, what are my motivations? And is it my ego trying to ruin something so it fits my vibe where it's currently at? Or is there room for me to grow here? And just asking your que- that question, just asking that can change everything. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Okay, so I wanted to hear from the experts themselves, the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family. And on the Facebook page, I asked, what in your life do you ruin in order to make it match a vibe you're more comfortable with? Relationships, money, opportunities. What do you do subconsciously to self-sabotage yourself in life to keep it all the same? And did we get some amazing responses? Sure I did. mean, really go check out that thread. It's very eye-opening reading it. I saw other people reading each other's comments and being like, whoa, me too. Or a lot of a lot of aha moments reading that thread. But what did you find, Scott? All right. So I picked one because, I mean, I used to do this. So (laughs) Vanessa M. writes, I sabotage my career and the connections I should be making. My purple blue wants so badly to be an entrepreneur so no one can tell me what to do, complain that I'm late, give me the talk that I don't meet expectations, yada, yada, yada. This has ruined my ability to work for a company and keep meaningful work relationships. But at the same time, I feel scared to be an entrepreneur. Not having that stability of a paycheck and hoping a client is willing to work with you and stay with you. I have bad habits for the workplace, and I'm too scared to go on my own. Ah, well, yeah, I mean, that that was actually me. I used to try to get fired all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. all the time when I was teaching, I'm like, oh, I'll just do this, and maybe they'll fire me. Maybe they'll fire me, because really all I wanted to do was work for myself. And same thing. I don't want anyone telling me what to do. I want to, you know, if I'm... You know, I want it to make money, but I want to make it through my own or whatever, you know, make my own livelihood. I don't want someone else having to make my livelihood. That's more like a purple bomb, though. Yeah. Oh, this, this That's one. More but like time a, she's but, sabotaging her. But then what she's, what's going on is, and this is amazing that she's doing this. Yeah. Because this is great. This is really mindful. She's saying, I'm afraid that my bad work habits yeah. will make me not a good entrepreneur. So she's okay. afraid that she's going to put herself in a different vibe, the one she actually wants to be in. Yeah. But she's going to self-sabotage herself when she's in it because she doesn't know, you know, she doesn't know how to do that. Right. She doesn't know how to be on that on that vibe. She knows how to be on the vibe where you purple bomb all the time. Yeah. She knows how to be on the vibe where you... Like say, ah, screw it and get fired. She knows how to be on that vibe, yeah. but she doesn't know how to be on the entrepreneur vibe, 
where, and, and neither did I. Where you can't and, purple bomb yeah, yourself. Yeah. Because if you purple bomb yourself, the, you're just purple bombing yourself. Right. Like there's like nobody, you know, <laughs> it doesn't feel yeah. good anymore. Like sometimes yeah. a purple bomb feels good. You're like, yeah, I got fired. That's right. Ha yeah. <laughs> ha. And then it's like, you know, but you can't really do that to yourself. But it's amazing that she's, she's mindfully yeah. aware that she's afraid she could self-sabotage herself. Yeah. And by the way, if you're aware of it, go for it. Because like, it only can get you if you're not paying attention to it. It could, you know, your ego can only sneak up on you if, if you let it yeah. by, by ignoring it. So she's not ignoring it. So it's good. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Barbie D writes. I have ruined the peace and calm of our household before by getting sucked back into family drama to prove I was still a good daughter who wanted to be there for my mom. I know now this was unhealthy and my boundaries have definitely grown stronger. I don't relate to that. Like, I get that because that's kind of like you're used to having a relationship with family. And it's crazy. Like, you can, I totally get what Barbie's saying because, and it was kind of what I just talked about. You can have these amazing other relationships with people that don't do that to you, but it's a different vibe than the one you've connoted with family and love. Like family and love and bonding is connoted with drama. So when you kind of go off that and you're like, okay, I need a different vibe for my chosen family and friendships, you can miss it because it's not what was ingrained in you, you know? Mm -hmm. So I get that. It's like a self-sabotage to go back into that vibe because... Well, this is where I feel comfortable because I was raised like that. I get that. What did you get? All right. I have Meredith P. And she writes, I play down my personality. My awkward, dorky, hippie self just stays (laughs) quiet. At least that's how I used to be. She's purple, blue, indigo, blue to go maybe. Yeah, come on. No, you know, no. See, this one I don't have a problem with, but I want to help her here. (laughs) Because we want you to be your awkward dorky hippie self we prefer you that yeah yeah (laughs) i mean who cares what anyone else says let you do you and yeah that that one i would encourage you meredith to go out there and be that dorky self you know look at me i mean (laughs) (laughs) it's hard though because when you're that way and your whole life you're just used to fitting in yeah you know so you're just like all right shut my mouth don't express myself that's comfortable for you. So yeah. you have like friendships and contexts and places that won't appreciate you. If you start being your awkward, dorky self, they're going to be like, you're awkward and darky. And so you have to go find a whole new context to stick yourself in where people will appreciate it. But the one you're probably in won't, Yeah, you know, just be dorky. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like I get what she's saying. Like, but she said she's, oh, she's yeah. gotten no, by it. Yeah. yeah. And her colors were purple, blue to go you know oh, god we all get that here yeah i, I mean, mean it's also weird when you start practicing being yourself it, yeah, yeah it comes out really weird and funny sometimes <laughs> like <laughs> like I, I think i talked about this after covid when i hadn't you know after the lockdown when i hadn't spoken to anybody for a long time i was like not good at talking to people at yeah. all like it was way tmi way too deep at, you know instead of just saying hey what's the weather like i didn't know how to do that anymore it was just like, how's your mom trauma going? <laughs> like, you know, I didn't know how to speak to people. <laughs> so I get it. Yeah. All right. <sighs> yep. I just laugh it off. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Beth S. says, I have a huge problem with money. It's like I have to get rid of it as soon as I get it. 
I get really generous with others and myself. I've made some progress, but I feel like it's the same amount that moves in and out of my life. Oh yeah, money. Hey, yeah. If you're not used to having it, you're more comfortable not having it. You don't know what to do. It's like sitting there looking at you and you're like, I have to get rid of it. This is too much safety and security. The vibe doesn't match what I am used to. The vibe is chaos. The vibe is paycheck to paycheck. The vibe is scramble. The vibe is, you know, that, and you, you, you get used to it. So it's like, I have money. I gotta, I gotta ditch it. I gotta ditch it. I gotta ditch it. And then your ego comes in and says, you deserve that. And Hey, if you want to be a good friend, you better buy her that too. Like, so the ego comes in and sneaks you around and gives you reasons to get rid of your money because it's trying to keep your vibe frantic. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I think the number one. Oh, money. Was money. Money. Yeah. I think relationships, it was either money or, because I read through them all and it was either money or relationships were the most. Oh, money is just energy. Yeah. I totally get that. What do you got? I got my last one that I picked out. I mean, I picked this because I could red rant on this for like days, weeks, months. I do. In fact, (laughs) Brooke B writes, focusing more on other person's dreams and talents than my own. Focusing more on other person's dreams and talents than my own. That one hit me in the gut. Yeah. I mean, I know whole cities that do this. Oh, you're talking about like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can't even get into it or, yeah, you know, but yes, that, that you got to focus. Yeah. Number one, you focus on you and then you go out from there. Well, it's kind of like you can highlight other people. It's easier to be the cheerleader than be on the stage. Right. You know, and if you don't, if you're not the one that's used to being cheered for, you're like, never mind. uh, Look at my friend instead. But I've talked about this too. You know, maybe you go out, you have this girlfriend, you always go out with her and she's the pretty one and you're the friend. You know what I mean? And so like you do. You think about that subconsciously, like, okay, before I get dressed to go out, I better make sure I don't upstage my buddy, you know, like she's the pretty one. I'm just the front like that. So there's so many ways that could work or, or, oh my gosh. And I, this really bothers me. Stop saying we, when you did something I've worked and it triggers me because I used to do it. So like my big thing is telling you guys to stop doing it. So all of women do this a lot. Um, and empath women do this a lot. You're in charge of a team. You know, you're the one that did the project at work. You're the one that created the lesson. You're the whatever. You did it. So stop saying we. We came up with this idea and we executed it. And we like who's we? Right. You, you know, use I. You know, you say I did it. I came up with this idea. I and I was assisted by my team. I have a wonderful team. You can still give credit without just making everything this collective we. Um, because it's a way you can self-sabotage your own vibe and take yourself out of it. That makes sense. I got one more. All right. One April more. S. writes, because this was a really sensitive one, so I thought this was really good. Um, I think it's been my body. I've been working now on journaling through my emotions when I reach for unhealthy food options. I've been overweight my entire life, and I guess that's what I'm subconsciously wanted the same. Uh, you know, I think this is something, I mean, it's a sensitive thing, you know, with body and our bodies and and how and how it reflects our own you know where do we take things out on the most ourselves like our own selves where where can we self sabotage our own health i mean i we all do it you know and just reading that broke my heart for her because it can be very hard easy to outsource your self worth to what you're seeing other people You know, maybe you're used to being the one who looks a certain way, whether that's really, really skinny or it's a little fluffy, as I like to call it. Maybe changing that 
one way or the other brings way too much attention or you're not used to the vibe that you're now receiving from other people. You know, when you lose a lot of weight, oh, you look great. Oh my God. You know, maybe people start talking to you that didn't talk to you before. And you're like, what is this? (laughs) Like, you're not my real friend. You know, like, what is this crap? You're just, you're just friends with me now because I'm all skinny, you know, like that. And it's kind of like talking about those kids in school. It's like, you're not real. Let me ruin that, you know? And, and so it's hard to receive different attention. Um, and you know, same thing when you get a little fluffier, the same thing can happen. You, you get different attention from people and you're like, what the heck, what is this about? This has nothing to do with me. You're just judging me. And I know that. So it's kind of like different vibes around you that you can notice with your body and, and you can kind of put it on yourself. Like I'm going to stay in this body image wherever I'm at, because I, I know how to maneuver through life this way. It's just one way, one of many ways to think about it, but something to think about. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I've been a buck seventy-five for the last twelve years, so yeah. I don't know about these well, situations. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> You're so annoying. Well, you don't have like hormones and babies. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird, actually. I mean, <laughs> you eat carbs all the time. All bagels, wild grade. Um, <laughs> all right, well. Wrap it up, or do we do an overtime today? It was episodes a little long. Let's do overtime. Okay, overtime. All right. Have I been ruining anything lately? What is uh, overtime? Yes. Just to clarify, you may go now. You can go. <laughs> it's, if you stay, no matter what we say, it's on you. I got you something. Oh, yeah, I got something. something. Right. Okay, got? yeah. So, all right. The same people we went to the sound bath with. Um, oh, the infamous yeah, yeah, sound yeah, bath. Yeah. I forget what episode where you were in somebody's house and it was a whole thing. It's got, yes. got a whole thing. Um, those are those people wanted. They were like, it, you had this idea like, hey, let's have a night out. Now, we never go out. I have to, like, we very rarely go well, out. I figured, you know, the, the holidays were all over. Yeah. Everything had settled down. Like, let's was, go out. It was insane for like. Three weeks, yeah. four weeks, whatever, and like, all right, we have a free Saturday night. Let's go out. Let's go out. And and you're and they were like, yeah, let's do it. Now you were Mr. Red Aura. You're the planner of the plan, right? Because I and, told them after the sound bath, I'm making all the plans for now. And their one of their suggestions was, well, let's go listen to some live music. Okay. okay. And okay. somebody said, like, let's go to the Key Lime House. That's like a, it's like a restaurant around here that's yeah. very Florida. And it's yeah. very easy to go to. And we've all been there before and we know that it's fine. It's I good. like it there. And it's fine. I like it there. But you're like, no. <laughs> and then you start look like Googling South Florida live music yeah. bars. Yeah. And when you do that, it's kind of like searching South Florida man <laughs> headlines. <laughs> you're going to get some weird crap. And you want to go to this one place and I'm not going to name them because I don't yeah. want to like. Well, I found, okay, I found what I thought right. was this really cool place, okay? It was like- I'm going to find the Yelp review when it you was, say this. Yeah, it was really a dive. They had, it was a night of live music. It was like the Allman Brothers Band tribute. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even know what songs the Allman Brothers sing, but they're good, okay? And they have like this huge like patio area and everything is like out of a cup and a, and a bottle. Like, so there's like no tap. I think it's just like, they put like it's, it's beers cooler. on ice or something. Well, all right. So whenever you do something like this, because yeah. I, and I think you were trying to self-sabotage well, the evening. I think you were I, trying to ruin it. No, I didn't want to ruin it. I think it. you were. I think I was like trying to get it. I wanted to get everybody back for putting me in the, uh, you know, in the sound bath position. So I was like, I was trying to like, you know, all right, I'm going to take them all to this Rudy's or whatever place it was called, <laughs> Ruffy's or something. I don't know what it was called. But uh, I, yeah, then you went to the Yelp reviews and there was one Yelp review that <laughs> basically said you have to 
go to the bathroom on the floor. And, <laughs> so and I'm like, I go to the Yelp reviews. I can't do these to these nice women. And I love Yelp. Okay. Like, I don't know if any of you do this. I am obsessed with Yelp reviews. I feel like it is the most accurate way to understand sure. the vibe of any place that you go to. And yeah. I highly recommend, this is not an ad. No. I crack up hysterically reading Yelp reviews. I love, love Yelp reviews. I yeah. leave Yelp reviews. Yeah. Only good ones I'll leave. Yeah. But I love Yelp reviews. So anyways, this one Yelp review. <laughs> I, just, I just couldn't do it to you. It was like, was like saying, I wasn't amused with how dirty it was. This is like a pub. And the unisex bathroom could have been a little bit cleaner. The smell of urine was not welcomed when I walked in there. Blah. I had to walk out of there real quick before my nose burned. And then like the business owner replied. Yeah. And they made it worse with their reply. Um, and they're basically saying that like, oh, sorry, we share a common hall with another bar next to us. And we end up sharing our bathroom with them. Yeah. And then they were saying, we don't have any cleaning staff and it, <laughs> it it's not able to be maintained. And, and then they add stuff. And they're like, sorry, there's trash everywhere yeah, yeah. in front. We don't have trash collection services and i'm like why i don't yeah, want to go there yeah, no i know everything <laughs> i mean all the other review like <laughs> and the pictures people were putting pictures oh yelp you can put pictures yeah, up. and i'm like yeah, going through the pictures yeah. i'm like oh my yeah, good there, there god like, no there was a picture of like like a crap on the floor <laughs> It's like there weren't bartenders. There were cockroaches getting you your beer from the coolers that live on the floor. There's no tap or no right, liquor right. or nothing. It so, was like it was like bottles of God knows yeah. what behind the yeah. bar from coolers and, and it, cockroaches were like, sure. order up. Yeah. So I was like, all right, this is where I'm taking everybody. But oh, and then, it was taco night. Yeah. And I'm like, absolutely <laughs> not. So, there's one shared bathroom it's taco night yeah people are saying how dirty right. it is so and we're like no and so we all i mean I yeah was so like, my no. you know i was like all right you know i, I do want to get revenge on everybody for the for the sound bath <laughs> but this is a this is going to take it over the we edge we're gonna let you I'm ruin like, a night out i'm like fine let's just go to the and then my blue <laughs> took over i'm like all right let's go to the old key line house time. it was a great time a car was on fire though in the parking yeah, lot because that's fire. just Florida. A stolen car. There was, was some, fire. somebody stole a car out of valet. This is Florida. Yes, yeah, Florida. And then a car just ended up on fire in the parking lot. Nobody was hurt. Right. It was super shady. The Very police shady. came. Real shady. Nobody was in the car. Just so you know. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, well, on that right. note, <laughs> you stayed. It's overtime. You stayed to listen to that. That's that on, on you. That's on that's you. you. That's on you. All right. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. This podcast is for you and about you, and we're so glad you spent some time with us today. 